Hello and welcome to episode six of the Retro Brothers. My name's Dave. My name's Andy. Um, how are you? I'm very well, yeah. I mean, we're still in lockdown. We're in 2021 and we've still got a virus flying around, which is not good. Yeah. Serious yeah, things it, at the moment, but... Yeah, but uh, it's... Uh, well, we're doing two episodes in you know in two weeks in succession, so that's good for us. They're getting regular. This is scary yeah. stuff. We've actually got. We've actually met up on time and we're getting regular. I mean, I'm, I'm impressed. This is good stuff. I mean, if well, I, I even I even prompted you this week, which you is did, right, you did exactly. So <laughs> we're uh, we're notorious to even meet meet up for a coffee. Uh, it doesn't always work out for whatever reason. So yeah. the fact that we're doing this is is pretty decent. So we've got a fair bit of news going on, and then we've got one main uh, topic today. So uh, do you want to uh, start off? Yeah, I'll start. I'll I'll, I'll start my uh, stuff off. Yeah, so we've got um, we've got yeah a bit of a um, retro theme, I suppose, back um, on in certain cases or not. It depends what you think. But uh, yeah, the first bit of news is so myretrocomputer.com. Uh, I discovered this site last week again from the brilliant ETA Prime, who does um, a lot of brilliant reviews um, out in the US. Um, Two PC cases, my 64 and my Vic 20. Now you can guess what they are. Um, but but I, I looked at again, I thought, you know, oh, is this a, a retro? You know, is this another Raspberry Pi um thing, or is this is this something to you know to create a, a retro computer in? But no, it's basically um you go on the website, it's PC cases. Um, and they are direct replicas of the Commodore 64 and the Vic 20 with proper mechanical keyboard. Um, slightly pricier, I would have, I would think. But the the, um, the the looking at some of the reviews that, that I've looked at, there's there's only a certain type of motherboards that can go in them. Um, but the certainly some of the Ryzen. CPUs that you can get in them that they you can make some very good gaming PCs out of a uh, out of this, but it's yeah, so it's a full full size full replica Commodore sixty four of it twenty. Um, apart from the label, um, obviously you can get um, it, it's got a multi format um, card reader with it. Um, it's got the DVD hard drive cradles, so you can even have a DVD drive or two hard drives in it. Uh, it's entirely up to yourself. Um, it's obviously got a USB shazzer, um, and, and that's about it. That's that comes with it. It's just the bare bones. So looking at that, my my, sorry, go on. Yeah, with a mechanical or obviously um, keyboard, cherry switch keyboard. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, looking at my sixty four, it's not what you call a a, a low quality item. Um, it, it, it's not no. It's it, using it's cherry switches on the, the mechanical keyboard, which is decent. That's good quality in itself. They could have yeah. gone cheap there and just put in a standard keyboard. Um, I mean, it's a good quality. The only thing is, I suspect the pricing is based around the fact that they probably don't produce that many. Um, so obviously, a run of the, of these particular cases aren't going to be what you call in the thousands every time they do it. So they're going to be quite. It's quite a niche thing, this, and and you know, I'm thinking straight away 
potentially a Raspberry Pi or something else in there. I know, obviously, this is for a certain PC motherboard, but yeah. I'm sure you could rig it to to run on a Raspberry Pi or something like that. But that being said, it it you know it is a PC case, and let's face it, you, you're talking for a good quality PC case over a hundred pounds. I mean, this is hundred and eighty nine pounds for the yeah. my sixty four case. That's that's pretty decent because you've got a keyboard with it. Um, and it is niche, you know. You could buy yourself a, a good quality case for that, um, and have maybe I don't know RGB fans in there or something else, all ready to go. Yeah. But with cooling. But that being said, that you know, I like this. It's um, it's something that's down our street. Uh, it's good. It's got it's got everything you need. And you know what, it, it, the Vic the Vic Twenty one looks. Uh, I mean, we had a Vic Twenty. <laughs> Um, I think the keys look a bit more orange than I remember um, the Vic 20. I'd have to bring a, a picture of a Vic 20 up to see. Although the, the US Vic 20 version was a slightly different colour, I think, to the European one. Wasn't it? Very, very uh, possible. But yeah. I would get the Vic 20 version just because you know, I've already got the 64, uh, which the case isn't, um, somebody's already said, isn't as good as this. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is this is a much better case. And obviously the uh the F keys, the function keys on the right hand side, um, uh, they've obviously they've obviously got shortcuts on there. So they've got um, you know, internet email files, volume up and down, um, shortcuts. So it's obviously it must be ma- it's well, somehow it's mapped or you must be able to map them. So um, just looking at the build everyone's saying on, on the uh, trust pilot that the build quality yeah. is really good. Um, so get so someone's quote in there is getting a mini ITX board is really easy. Yeah. So mini ITX is a way to go on these, I guess. And I like this. I like this. If you want to build yourself uh, a low end machine that that can just run emulators, but doesn't have to run C sixty four, it can run anything you like. Yeah. But it looks good well, in in the casing. I mean, you could just buy the you could just buy the casing and and do what you yeah. do and display it behind you. So it's yeah. But somebody's built a, a full. I, I think they've you know using a Ryzen one of the Ryzen motherboards and CPU. Uh, yeah, you can't go very high, obviously, because the cooling you, you're restricted. But uh, they built a very decent, a fairly decent, and um, PC games. You could you know um, they were before running the emulators were were pretty cool. Um, What's interesting though, further down, if you look, it says full system coming soon. So they're actually so going they're going to build a full, a full system. system for yeah. you. That's pretty decent. I mean, yeah, some people don't want to do that. I just want to buy it off the shelf. Um, I think I would prefer to do this myself. Yeah. If, if uh, I was to buy one of these. Um, now, this begs question: Would you go for this, or would you go for the Atari console? You could easily do what the Tari console does by buying one of these and getting a kit, but would it be more expensive? Yeah, then there's the thing. But I mean, suppose with the Atari, you get the uh, you already it could you know, you get the OS, don't you? So it comes with yeah. uh, it's so it's on ecosystem to a certain degree. Yeah, but games, but, yeah, but we're, we're always. We've always spoke about that, don't we? That, that with the Vic yeah. Twenty ecosystem, how long is it going to last, and how how successful it be, and how many developers you're going to get? Obviously, you get the the Atari games licensed. But if you've got the license from anywhere, and you've got the original cartridges, and you can strip them off, and you rightfully own them, as it were, to an extent, you could probably be okay. Um, 
I like this. It's a, it's another alternative, and you know what? It just carry, it just keeps the retro scene going. Uh, for yeah. some people, it's nostalgic. For some people, it's brand new, and they just want to actually have that uh, feeling of having one of those computers from the eighties. That's good. Yeah. Well, well, the the only difference is for us being in the you know being mere Brits, we can actually order these. We can't order the VCS. Well, there is that. So, you know, the, for us, there's no choice. And, well, there's no choice for anyone else outside the uh, the US at the moment. So if, you li- if you're listening to Tara, come on, you know. Yeah, get it sorted. We need to buy My money, that would go on a VCS. I'd just get one of these. And yeah. Wouldn't, like, I just probably wouldn't bother with a VCS. You're right, to a certain degree, because um, you'd be able to do everything and probably spec it up probably a little bit better as well yourself. Exactly. So the next one in your list is about Google uh, threatens to remove the search engine from Australia. Yeah, uh, I saw this on um, Sky News Australia um, yesterday, just looking through, um, obviously on, on YouTube. Obviously, I don't live in Australia. Um, so on YouTube, obviously, you you can get, and it comes up with the snippets. Yes, yeah, so, so I saw this because it's not been on any other sort of mainstream news anywhere because it, it is massive. Um, yeah, so, 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 so basically the uh, Australian government are looking at bringing out um, new legislation in regards to um, the, the way Google advertise, you know, for advertise uh, you know, businesses and stuff. Um, and I think they're wanting to bring in a new code of, uh, um, code of conduct um, where they pay uh, you know, Austria. So it's a bit basic where, where this is... Uh, is um, a lot of probably media, news media outlets and things are losing out because, you know, if you want to look for news, you just Google it and Google will bring it in. But all, but Google aren't doing then your own news. All they're doing, all they're doing is bringing in the the source. Yeah. It's basically cut and paste. Yeah. But because of that, um, what the Australian government are saying is that they, um, you know, there should be legislation in there for the, 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 the media companies get paid for, by Google. Um, for for for, uh, for this content because it's not their content; it is the news media's content. Uh, it's always been a bit of a contention with that. It, yeah. Any content you obviously have on your website, as long as you haven't, if it's if it's your own content and it's unique to you, uh, you own it and it's your, your outright content. Obviously, they yeah. yeah they're using a consolidation algorithm that pulls news, probably using RSS feeds or anything else it can use. To, to pull in so yeah you're quite right if you go to uh, news.google.com for example yeah. it's just consolidating all all the news articles and when you click on it it goes straight to the back to the original one so yeah you're right they're using their own content and you know google apart from the algorithm are doing no work whatsoever to to pull this news in and also people are going to use google's news potentially yeah. over than than something else should they pay? I think so. Yeah. Well, they're yeah, they're utilising of somebody else's information. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, yeah, and fa- Facebook do the same. But, uh, I mean, Facebook haven't – I don't think they've uh, – I mean, they oppose the rule uh, and, uh, the, the, you know, they're threatened to remove new start. They're just going to threaten to re- – you know, they're just going to remove the new stories. Um, but Google have gone further and basically said they're threatened to basically remove the search engine, um, sort of ban it from Australia. Do you know what? Um, because you know what will happen there is, is a huge amount of revenue overnight yeah. will disappear from their 
from their bank. You know, it, it's not it's it's no no uh, secret that they make a lot of money out of people's searches and, and advertising. So if they suddenly just drop Australia and go cold overnight, they're going to lose a lot of revenue. Yeah. So I, I won't worry, be worried about that if I were Australia. Yeah, I mean, let, it's, let them do uh, it. I, I don't know uh, how much around the world, you know, completely around the world, but when you look, it's. Um, God, yeah. So we said last year it paid about so so yeah, to, revenue four point eight billion Australian dollars um, yeah. in revenue. That, so they're going to so they're going to. It's not when you look at the worldwide and how much in other countries. Uh, it, it's not you know it's a smaller chunk, but it's still a large chunk. It's but, still a lot of money. But, I mean, what yeah, the Australian Prime Minister um, is obviously turned around and says you know he don't respond to threats. No, he's basically said whatever. But, um, and that sort of got me thinking into what you know what other search engines would they use because I think it's uh, there's only nine percent I think uh, mm. that use of a of Australians internet search that use of an internet nine percent of a internet searches uh, it's not a lot but then the quickly that's only because people just type yeah it's easy for people just put Google in don't they you know when they're doing it's, search it's engines, become so a it's term just, hasn't it Google yeah. it and fact and look for the answer. Yeah. Um, you know these things could change and people could go elsewhere but it's it's having the right 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 way of doing it the only way you can really do it is to have one one organization doing the uh results and then everybody feeds off it uh, if yeah. everybody has their own results it's you know they can have their own algorithm to produce different results but yeah it, google are going to be there for a long while but you know so never say never oh, so, it could um it, it could expand bing you know, <laughs> Microsoft have been trying for yeah. years. With the results but, uh, I get from there, I'd rather use DuckDuckGo. So, <laughs> nah, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's terrible. Um, <laughs> dead chat, dead chat bots from Microsoft. Yeah, have you not seen this story? So, um, it <laughs> basically Microsoft are uh, obviously you know they're really big on AI at the moment, um, but the They've just done a patent, so there's a patent there um, that could turn well, yeah. So it's so basically what 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 they're going to do is sort of um, the patent an idea on. So obviously, as bots get more better at doing things, uh, what they want to do is be able to um, patent a bot um, based on people that are no longer here their behaviors so that you know the looks and the behaviors um so it's the patent how... of the bot but not the personalities of the people yeah at the moment yeah so it's a yeah so the basically it, it, it basically yeah so the pain is an ai chatbot that lets you interact with yeah it, 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 but it, it, this is specifically for dev yeah barely basically dead loved ones as it says there um but it's not been granted yet. Um, but you know, can you imagine having a three D digital version of his dad? Or, well, would you, would you want? Would you I, want one? I don't know how they're going to be able to do that because, yeah, as much as AI has come a long way, I can't see how they're going to be able to manage to produce a, um, a realistic version of your of your. Past well, it's going to. Obviously, it's going to access images. It's going to look at voice data, social media posts. And obviously, for, for our parents, that not, that's not really 
So then, it's not really there. But in twenty, when, you know, twenty, I was for, for yeah. instance when we die. Um. So yeah. Yeah, so when we die, they're going to be looking at uh, retro gaming and gaming and tech and all the other stuff that we like doing. Yeah, it, and then, and then that boss was going to talk about. Oh, I remember when I had an Atari ST, and it, it, well, no, because I, I suppose it depends, doesn't it? Yeah, if you know, one of one of your kids or mine decide, you know, and I'll have one of them, I'll just buy get one from Microsoft. So from that. They go right. What would what, what did he like? What did it you know? What sort of thing? It, they'd probably expand it beyond what they can find on social media. Just providing they've got your voice and, yeah. manner, and sort of mannerisms. Um, you, you know, you need to put in. Yeah, he liked music. You know, did this, did this, did this. You know, he reacted to this in certain ways. This, and you could easily fill that in. So you could you could fill in a psychological profile. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. So if you were to fill in a psychological profile, yeah, you're probably going to get something of a person. But I, 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 I would be very sceptical on whether this is going to be yeah. going anywhere. I don't really get why Microsoft want to go into that sort of um, environment, really, in marketplace. I don't. Is there is there a need or a, a niche for talking know, to your dead that, loved ones? I don't um, know. But I mean, do you watch Black Mirror? I haven't seen Black Mirror yet. No, God, it, you know, it, it's weird. I mean, it's obviously different episodes every week, and um, it's very much a sci-fi. But it's very much um, I don't know. It's it, it, it's more of a an absurd, obscure left field version of um, the Twilight Zone to a certain degree. It's like a what if, isn't it? Or something. You know? Yeah, it's a what if, but most of it's sort of set in the future. Um, and one of the episodes is being able to bring back your dead. Yeah, and uh, people. So there's a, a specific episode on that. Um, I mean, I think the only way you're ever going to get to that stage where you, you're actually going to feel like you're talking to your, your loved ones that have passed is purely yeah. uh, uh, scanning the brain and be able to scan the brain and put that personality into an AI. When that day comes, I think it'll be amazing but scary at the same time because then it means people can scan your brain. Yeah. Um, I, Okay, I mean, it might be just a little pet project and they might be just trying to learn a little bit more about AI. I suspect this is their way of being able to improve their own AI and and, and allow it to learn. Um, I don't think this is to do with helping people at all about talking to their loved ones. I think this, like, for example, Google's Capture, where you have to click on the various tiles saying, you know, click on a tile when you see a pedestrian crossing or... That's nothing to do with giving you the security on your website. That's to help allow you to teach their AI more about image recognition. That's it, it's, it's all it's about. It, their AI is obviously able to recognize it already. But I've made mistakes on Capture, and it still let me through. I'm like I'd say about ten yeah. percent. Sometimes I've missed something. And it's yeah. it's gone it's gone with it. It's asked you a few more times. Gone on, oh, I'm not too sure about yeah. this. But you, if you just occasionally admit it, I've noticed sometimes it actually allows you through. I well, this I've is... even had capture, captures that say, you know, click on a various item that's not even in the picture yeah. as well. You know, it's that's like that's, that's your way of saying skip. Um, and it, I think there is an option for that. So yeah, yeah I just um, I don't know. Uh, you know, curious if somebody wants to talk to an AI version of a loved one. 
I just don't think but, it's for that. I think it's for them to play with AI and understand a little bit more about psychology in AI and get it to learn. Yeah, but um, Microsoft, though, you know, you'd think, no, I wouldn't have thought Microsoft, it would have been Microsoft. I thought, you know, not somebody as big as that. If you imagine that if you could get personalities right and then you could put it into your latest version of Windows where you can say, I want my, you know, a little bit a little bit what they were trying to do a, a while back, you know, with the whole bot that in a, in Windows. Um, obviously, that's not right. I mean, who sits in front of the computer and talks to the computer yet? Like, you know, they did in Star Trek, you know, computer do this, open a browser. I mean, it's possible to do now, but it's not quite there. You know, it hasn't got that, hasn't got the algorithm to learn from the person. Maybe this is where they're trying to go so that if they are able to make it more and more accurate, you can have a personality within your computer and you can yeah. go, computer do this. Or, and it'll interpret sometimes like, well, you should want to do that, you know. I don't know. It's, it's, for now, it's a fun thing for some people, and it's it's a dead serious for others. Uh, pardon yeah. the pun, but um, okay. So next on the list is Raspberry Pi. Uh, we like Raspberry Pi, nice piece. Yeah, Pico. Yeah, t- I, I saw the Raspberry Pi Pico last year, and, um, and I skipped past it to be honest. I, I, I quickly looked at it. I went, oh, you know, um, a computer the size of uh, well. It's almost a laptop memory, uh, to, but then, then and obviously I looked at it as a controller board uh, more than anything. But I've just uh, recently, I, I, I mean, obviously when you look at when you look at obviously you go on Raspberry Pi org and you look at um, what, it, what what they sell it as, you know, it is there's a lot of projects out there for it, um, but. What I've seen recently, uh, you know, and obviously, you know, when you look at the specs of it, you know, it's, it's still got, you know, it's got a dual core arm on there even, you know, it's not, um, you know, it's not lightweight. And, uh, and I've seen people use, starting to use these in, in, in stuff, but um, nothing, you know, nothing major. However, um, I have recently seen a lot of people put add-ons on these and things in the fact is that, We've now got uh, well, there's a, there's a YouTube clip there. So, so basically, somebody's creating an uh, basically emulated a BBC on it. I mean, just looking at the um, on the Raspberry Pi website, the the link you gave me. Um, yeah. Looking at that, you've got some of the favourite projects. Is a cucumber sorter. Yeah. To high altitude balloons. I- I don't think people really give these people the kudos they should get. That that they have managed to go down the route of look, if we can have a a a board with a complete computer on the board, and then we can put in different configurations and sell it. You know, you can you are you are reaching the Internet of Things and or anything else you want to do. Just just even a microcontroller, just purely for some machinery. one thing that I have noticed is if you do want to get one for free, if you subscribe or go out and buy yourself a Hackspace magazine, it comes yeah. with a free Pico. Yeah. I mean, they're only $4. They are only $4, but if you fancy a good read as well, Hackspace magazine, yeah. hint, 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 you know, a bit of advertising there for you guys. Um, yeah, so, you know, you could get if you like that sort of thing, you could grab yourself a subscription and get a free Pico coming to your door as well. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I feel a little bit 
underwhelmed with the stuff I've done with the Raspberry Pi and all the different iterations that I've had through the years. I've haven't managed to do anything amazing. I mean, I think the only real not amazing, but the only real use I've had out of a Raspberry Pi is to to literally stick it at the back of a large plasma screen on a wall and have it run dashboards for uh, desk performance results. So it's just a nice yeah. dashboard with results on it. Very boring, very dull. But fact is, my boss can walk up, turn the TV on, it powers up the Raspberry Pi, it boots up, goes into kiosk mode. It goes straight to the dashboard and just sits there all day. Yeah. I mean, obviously, now we don't do that because we're all in lockdown, but um, the fact that you can do stuff like that, I mean, you know, these things run off USB power um, unless you're using something, like, really intensive, like game emulation, then you really should put in a power supply. Um, yeah. It's great. I I, I, I am so underwhelmed with what I, I've done with my Raspberry yeah. Pi suit years. I've even bought a soldering iron and I plan to play around with electronics and stuff. I still haven't done it. And maybe that's something I can do in retirement <laughs> or well, when I've things slow even, down a bit. I've not even put my Raspberry Pi into my VBC yet, you know, for the core processor. I've just, well, I started doing it and then I found out the connection I got is the wrong one. So it doesn't actually as yet fit in the back of it. Yeah. Um, so I've sort of contacted the guys, um, so we're now going to make it. He's now uh, he has some parts. He's going to make it internal, so it doesn't stick out on the back. So, um, but he's, he's asked me to boot up my BBC to see if I've got I've got to have a certain um, ROM chip in it. If not, he'll supply the ROM as well. Um, good guy, actually, uh, really good. But um, and that's the only thing. And, and maybe yeah, you know, maybe people move the Pico. You know, rather it's not a controller board. The fact that people have just that it, it they turned a four dollar. Um, board into a BBC for four dollars. Um, so it's priced at four dollars at the moment. Um, is that because it's on sale? Um, I don't know. Um, followed. What's it going to be? Ten? <laughs> then is it? You know what we? It's yeah. It's not as if it's going to go up to fifty. Yeah, I'm not sure what, it, you know, what the normal price the retails at because it I mean four dollars is is like like two pounds to us. Um, yeah. So I mean that, that whether it's on sale or not, I mean even if it goes up to ten pounds or something, to have a, 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 a effectively a computer running on a, a chip that size, which is size of a a laptop uh, memory dim, is amazing. Um, so you're looking at a dual core. Um, what sort of memory do you get off that? It's, um, I'm sure it's, is it four gig? Where's the, uh, so it's a, yeah, it's a dual core ARM Cortex, uh, running at 133 megahertz, although people have over, um, have, have actually overclocked it to two, um, 200 megahertz, or just over 200 megahertz. It's got, um, yeah, so it's got 256k of RAM. Right, okay. Um, or just over 256k RAM, but See, the serves. So you're talking about sort of minuscule sort of projects that you can do with this. You're not, you're not talking about running a desktop, which you won't want it to do anyway. No, but, no. But you 264k of memory when you're doing microcontrollers for that is a heck of a lot of memory. If you've ever looked at other sort of uh, chips that are out there for this where you can program the chips directly and push code into them, um, there's not much memory in them, so this is actually a hell of a lot of memory. Yeah, it is. 
I mean, there is actually support uh, for 16 meg. Uh, That's a lot. If, uh, for an off-chip flash memory via yeah. dedicated. So you use the QSPI bus on it, but so you can actually put up to 16 meg in it. And the good thing about uh, it is you can program in C and Python. We love a bit of Python. You can. Um, and it's, you know, I, 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 yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's got the USB, it's obviously got USB controllers. Um, yeah, I, for what for what they've managed to cram in that is is amazing. And I think, you know, what where you know, in 10 years' time, what we're going to get on a, you know, on a silicon that size, are we going to be able to get something? Are we going to be talking about having, you know, slimline, low cost PCs running on something like this? Well, I mean, you look at what you get now in a mobile phone. Obviously, the cost is huge in yeah. comparison, but and you don't need half of the equipment that go into them. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you, you give yourself another ten years, and you you probably are looking at. I'd say you're probably looking at what what the latest Raspberry Pi has in terms of GPU and everything else and power and memory stuffed into one of these, you probably would, you probably don't need it, to be honest. But to be able to have something in that small form factor just gives you that yeah. added bonus. So, so, so somebody's turned, uh, I've seen somebody turn theirs into a SID chip as well. Commodore 64, Commodore 64 SID chips so are obviously emulated. Um, so you could almost, you know what, I'll... Um, I'll create my own computer and get a couple of these to make them do different things in on a on a you know on a, on a bigger board. Get a yeah. bigger board and put these in them. So if you get yeah, these powerful enough, much. you could turn it into a supercomputer. Just have stacks of these, yeah, all lined up and use Ceph or something. For, uh, it's yeah. it would be amazing. It is modular, so um, yeah. I, I'm obviously don't think that's what the uh, you know part of it, but. Yeah, you could. Uh, I'd like to see somebody do that. Um, yeah, you but, certainly couldn't uh, do it just yet with, with the way it yeah. is, but if you get something like this in a few years, which is equivalent to a, a latest Raspberry Pi standard, you could. I mean, you, you see people stack these things up, the standard Raspberry Pi, and they just turn it into a super... Well, yeah. I mean, equivalent to a supercomputer as best you can get, but something that can uh, push data pretty quickly. So, you know what? If it's on sale or not at the moment, $4, go for it, get it, have a play. Um, if you do get something like this, can I suggest that, that anybody who does buy anything like this, buy the official books from Raspberry Pi Foundation. Um, I have a copy of the one with my 400, and I'll tell you what, it's one of the best things uh, to accompany the device. It gives you ideas of projects, gives you of what ideas of what you can do uh, and what to do with it. So definitely chuck them $4 for the for the uh, Pico, but also chuck them some money for the official manuals because they are worth getting. And yeah, they're great so to work it, with kids. If anyone wants um, to look at these, there's so the uh, the links of the YouTube video. Um, somebody wants to look at um, Bit Shifter. Um, it's, it's the Raspberry Pi on it's on the Raspberry Pi channel actually. Uh, if you just search for BBC Micro Emulation, um, it will bring up the. BBC emulation on a four dollar Raspberry Pi Pico, and it'll um, take you through what what they did to to basically create it. And when you look at it, so it's um, uh, yeah, it, it's good. And yeah, maybe I might do that. So you know, if for four dollars, I could have uh, get there. You go. We could you know, if, we, if somebody wants to make some cases uh, for every cut, you could have 
four dollars maybe maybe you need a bit more for the um io and outboard but you could almost have you know set of computers one for bbc one for spectrum and it, you know and it's not costing that much to um to do um yeah not put it in a case but yeah yeah, it's it. I mean, the power supply. In fact, the USB. Um, it's funny, is that because the USB? Uh, expansion that they're using, the far part USB is bigger than the uh, computer itself. <laughs> so yeah, you know, it's uh, yeah. So it's definitely amazing. worth but looking yeah, at. Yeah, definitely worth looking at. So the next in our list is Ubuntu. Is now working on M1. So Apple Tech. So there's a chap who's uh, managed to get uh, Ubuntu running on a Apple M1 Mac Mini. Um, this is one of um, Linus's own dream that one day he can get uh, one of these uh, Apple M1s um, and, and just have it running Linux so he can sit there and compile and, and, and do his development work. He does, he does like it. He openly says he loves the Apple hardware. He just hates the OS, obviously. Um, so this is a usable version of Ubuntu. So it's not just I've got it working, built up in console. He's actually got it running and booted up on, onto a graphical uh, user interface using GNOME. Yeah, because um, it's not—it's not even virtualized, is it? So it's really no. it's, it's running for external. It's uh, it from a, an external USB. Yeah. Uh, the only thing he hasn't managed to do yet is to get the, the the graphics, the GPU acceleration. So anything graphical at the moment is just purely uh, done via the software. So obviously, the, it might be a little bit sluggish in terms of what you can do. But looking at the um, what he's managed to do on that is amazing. I mean, we're, what are we looking at? Uh, months since I started trying to get development working yeah. on this. I mean, it is our, it is arm based, um, but obviously it is quite unique. But it is um, a developer at an arm virtualization company that's managed to do this. So it's it's. It's yeah, good to see I'm, that these people, are, you know, who work for uh, uh, big organisations, who, who are developers day in day out, sit there at home and, and they're home brewing, as it were, pardon the pun, home brew, um, are, are managing to get this uh, OS running. I mean, how much development time are you talking for Windows to get it booting remotely on this hardware? Uh, yeah, somebody's. Yeah, but this is well. You, so, so Microsoft do have a Windows ARM version, um, but it's not available. You can't you can't go and buy the ARM version of Windows um, because Microsoft, for whatever reason, just not selling it. It's just on their um, Surface Pro X, I think it is. Um, but somebody has has managed to um, virtualize, so they've not done a full. Um, but they've managed to put it in parallels, I think it is. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And, and do it that way. Um, so that's. Version, but it's not. It, it, well, I don't think it was very successful. But there again, I don't think there's a lot a lot you can do with the ARM version of Windows anyway, um, to, to, to be quite honest. I don't, I don't think look, when I looked at it. But um, I, and this looks really good. And, and, and obviously, there's a separate initiative that I've seen from, uh, is it the. Uh, Asahi um, Linux project. Yeah, I'm not sure how you pronounce that. Maybe As Asahi or something yeah. like that. 
Yeah. So that's that's to make the Linux compatible graphics drivers for M1 chips. Yeah. It's already underway. I mean, it's the same person who who uh, develops who brought Linux to PS4. This is amazing. This is this is my sort of. Oh, I always love things about Linux and open source. People spend their spare time developing these things. And I'm sure to an extent, if if it's if it's helpful to the company they work for, I'm sure they're allowed to do time, even in yeah. work. Um, but to to have something that someone's developed in their own yeah. time, and you're not talking about hundreds and hundreds of people being paid hundreds of thousands, uh, budget wise a year. We're talking about people who who do this day in day out, but are actually doing this off their own back because they want to contribute back to a community that that is con- continue to grow. I mean, not quickly um organically but it, it's just i love it you know it, it's 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 the case of what if can we can we get this running on a on a completely different arm set up with all the different chipsets that are on there can we make it compatible can we get it to run and the chap's already got it running be it without yeah. gpu drivers but it works it's what usable I find, uh yeah what i actually find strange actually not just this quickly a lot of people have been doing a lot of open source stuff obviously people have tried the windows one everyone you know doing linux but there's a seems to be a lot of projects out there looking at what they're going to do with the m1 chip and now what i find fascinating with with the m1 chip anyway the fact that apple have manufactured it it's not they've not completely closed off the cpu you know, so you can't do anything outside of their OS. Um, you clearly can. Um, look, looking at this, but I've um, so I've managed to get hold of um, for a while a M1 MacBook Air, um, and I've just been playing with it this week because obviously, you know, you you watched one YouTube video the other day. Somebody's basically selling his fifteen thousand pound MacBook Pro, one of the new ones. 15 grand because 90% of what he does, which is video editing um, and graphic and your know, website and graphics uh, works quicker on a $700 MacBook mini M1. So that's good. I mean, it, I, I can't deny that I was a bit skeptical about the move, but actually they've done the right thing. They've managed I, to pull themselves I, away from yeah. the laziness of in, Intel. Yeah. And they've managed to go, do you know what? We can get squeeze better, something better out of ARM and let's just go away and develop it ourselves. That has always been the problem for many years. That, that obviously, you, you've got a compatible issue and you've obviously got to then do the porting of the software. So the machine that you're building has to have that following. Um, yeah. If you're talking some guy in a, in a shed or some, some guy with 20 people in a small company pumping out new machines with completely different chipsets, you, you, no one's going to develop for it unless it's really easy just to push a button and it cross yeah. compiles. This is is going to have such a momentum in terms of people supporting it because it's it's got a huge huge amount of user base already, and, and the benefits of this M1 just outstrips the fact that you, you you've going to have to actually write your software for that chipset. But they've, they've almost made. Um... I mean, on paper, obviously, the so the MacBook Air that I've got's only got eight gig of RAM. Um, it's no, there's no fan in it; it's fanless, which you think, okay, so then the CPU is going to throttle. I've not heard it; I've not seen it throttle yet. But I, I mean, I've not done any. Be- I, I don't do benchmarking, so I, what what I've done is because I've got um, I do have an iMac. Um, it's a 2017 
but it's you know it's got 32 gig in and an AMD Radeon 8 gig graphics card and it forever throttles. Um, I, so I did a Final Cut uh, Pro a project film project for some video editing, and it's got lots of effects in. And um, to render it on my iMac and to do it, it sort of stuttered and you could hear the fan or, you know, really, really going at it, uh, throttling. I took that project, put it in the, the air. It just breezed. It did. It, it, it rendered quicker. Obviously, there's no, we're not fanning it, but I chucked the CPU. It won't throttling. But this is, uh, this is, this is the whole thing though, isn't it? Because you, They've they've oh, developed to see cheaper Macs then because obviously you know for people are buying seven hundred dollar Macs and and you know and it's out stripping um, and they're even saying for gaming um, it is good but there just isn't a lot for it yet. Uh, well, Vulcan will Vulcan will sort that out. Uh, yeah. Vulcan will sort that out. It's not a problem these days. Yeah, you can you can use a Vulcan API and and, and develop it quite easily. As long as you've got a, a decent enough engine that can provide the, the support for it, I, I don't think they'll have a problem with it. The GPU is good enough. Yeah. Um, I think they should I've be played. fine. The only thing I have an issue with is, is yeah, the cost. Now you're saying the cost is better yeah. at the moment, but when they realise people are buying these in the droves, what they'll do is they'll add on something fancy to it. I don't know, a new style of screen or new screen and give it a fancy name and then just push the price up by a thousand dollars yeah it's possible that there might be a era of of people buying apple um computers that that wouldn't in the past because they're cheaper and but they're still you know they, they are good you know generally the, the hardware is good um they've they've realized that it's the laziness of the whole x86 architecture the whole yeah the way the things built up from scratch up this thing is legacy doesn't matter what anybody says about even the desktop that sat on my desk right now it's 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 last year it's an amazing piece of kit but it, it's legacy it's still yeah. built upon the same principle of the ibm compatible from years and decades ago and do you know what they've done there is they've gone we're not doing that anymore we're going to build our own chipsets we're going to we're going to go out there grab arm because it's no it's more efficient and we're going to build it up from scratch and they'll come out with an amazing platform and this is what we've we've always said for many years you've got you, you had your amigas with their aga chipsets on the 1200s yeah. they absolutely blitzed other machines at that comparison at that time until obviously then there were additional graphics cards and other things for the uh, pcs at the time but they absolutely blitzed games because they, they they were written and they were developed purely just to do those sort of tasks they've realized it's about efficiency but having that power um do you know what i'm, I'm all for this at the moment and yeah I, I, I will watch this with sort of like yeah in, in interest um i'm not into the whole apple ethos um not interested at all um <coughs> if i can get one one of these for 700 and then throw linux on it do you know what? That might be my next laptop. Yeah. So yeah, well, yeah, I, I think it will. I, I mean, it'll, be, it'll, it'll certainly be. Um, I I'll be interested to see what Nvidia do because now they've got um, obviously bought ARM. Yeah. Or yeah. Have acquired ARM Technologies. So what your know, Nvidia, a chip manufactured themselves. I'm hoping it's going to be chips, G. What are they going to do? I think in, I, I, Intel and AMD really do need to be thinking about yeah. what they. 
it's do. got to be a GPU that's so able to play games, but a low-end energy requirement. Yeah. Um, I mean, the card inside this desktop is ridiculous. I mean, it's not even a top-end one. It's only a 2070 Super. So it is a good one, but it's not the biggest one out there. I mean, yeah. if I bought like a 3080 or something, they're huge. You know, come on, NVIDIA. You're doing amazing hardware, but now you've got ARM. Let's now start using the ARM technology to try to have a bit of a hybrid. Um, who knows? Maybe we'll get we'll get laptops again that are probably decent gaming laptops and actually can match the power of a, a desktop. Yeah, yeah I, um, I mean, the only downside for this is it's all on one chip, so you can't expand it. So if you buy it, whatever memory you get is the memory you get. It is, and but you kind of accept done. that with a laptop anyway. Yeah. If you do go for a laptop these days, I mean, yeah, some of them you can open up, but half of them these days are just a metal chassis which you, you're going to struggle to open. I mean, yeah, it's possible. Everyone, People can repair MacBooks and yeah. stuff like that, so it is possible, but you kind of accept that. So the next one's really weird, and actually this was a, last, this was a late one um, from this morning. Opera is entering the gamer market. So, so for some people out there who don't know what Opera is, because I'm sure there'll be plenty of people out there that don't, is it is actually a browser, and it is available for you to download and 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 use. Um, they were quite popular a few years ago, and they've kind of like shifted back into sort of a um, an unknown source. Really, I think the market share probably is really low for them now. So they've acquired a company. Um, uh, that is a game development platform who are best known for Game Maker Studio 2. You might be interested in that. Yeah, Game Maker. I've, uh, well, I, I don't know about Game Maker Studio, but I remember having Game Maker uh, or a variant of... Well, it was called Game Maker and it was made by Game Maker. Um, but yeah, so... So they've got out yeah. your games who do uh, Game Maker and... Uh, basically, that allows you to develop a game with almost little programming knowledge. Um, works well with, obviously, your 2D projects, so it's good for us because it's very retro. Um, so they bought, bought out, and the main reason for that is something called Opera GX. Um, <laughs> so this is a gaming browser. Um and one of the unique benefits to it, and it is in early access at the moment, is you can you can use it, and you can start using it as a standard browser. But if you're finding that your, your system's starting to lag for whatever reason, you can actually individually look at, find out where your GPU and your CPU has been utilised by the various t tabs on there. So at the moment, I would go as far as to say it's it's niche. Um, but the plan of it is to to allow it more accessible for novice users and develop it into what they call a world's leading 2d gaming engine used by commercial studios so they're obviously they're obviously looking at the, the fact that as a browser these days it's not something that they're ever going to beat the likes of chrome edge and all the rest of it that, that are probably i mean edge i'm sure is creeping up there now it's chromium based um so they've obviously gone down a different route and they've realized that they've got to do to survive as a company and an organization that they're going to have to do something else is this a good thing i'm not too sure at the moment because obviously it's early days um i need to have a look at game maker studio too because I, I, yeah. I think that's something I mean, that's I, completely yeah. missed 
I've played some of the games though that's maybe so so spunky. I've definitely uh, I played that on the so on the Xbox. A lot of the indie games so I bought. I definitely got that as a, an indie game. Spunky. And I found it. It, it did arc back to um, you know being a very addictive platform game. But the graphics were you know it was very, very you know were really good on it. And I think um, yeah, if it's two D engine, but like we you know we we we've already talked about the indie game industry haven't we uh, over massive, previous episodes yeah. and i think it's yeah it's massive so i think they've seen that and it is a niche in itself so if they can you know the fact that it's almost you know a gaming engine even though it's a yeah you know, it's a browser in it but it's yeah. a gaming engine they've almost gone like it says here they've sort of gone the epic uh way aren't they because obviously they've got the unreal engine so it's almost have got an engine in a browser uh, browser make games, so yeah, I'd be interesting to see. Um, it's I think... it's one of those things that that's kind of been lacking for a while. A, a real good engine for for uh, browser based gaming, and I think now you, you, the machines that you've got and the way that a browser can tap into the GPUs and everything else on on the the computers, you you should be able to have at least a good two D game engine. And I like that idea of this. It means there's more indies out there. Hopefully, and I don't know what the pricing of it is, um, but hopefully, it'll allow more indie developers just to be able to cross-platform the games and, and give it a more of a wider audience. Are we going to see games on Steam that are, are just sat behind using the Opera um, GX as the 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 platform for the launcher and for the game itself? Very possible. Um, you know, never say never. It's an interesting time, Opera. You know, you, you've realised that you're not going to be uh, there for much longer as a, a simple browser, and you've decided to uh, put yourself out there for something different. So, yeah, very weird, game very maker, weird, but interesting story. Game Maker Studio too, which I'm, I'm just looking at now. I'm just going, just clicked on the link to the website. Um, well, no, this is your your games, and I'm trying to see how much Game Maker Studio actually is. Even actually, sir. Um, so you've got your licenses there, so you've got your free free trial. Uh, so for thirty days, you can use Windows or Mac full design functionality. And you've got the Creator, which is thirty nine dollars. Um, it's Mac and Windows again. I'm a little bit confused why it's just Mac and Windows if it's going to be using the Opera because you can use Opera on anyway. That's a thing. Um, so you've got a twelve month uh, game maker license for thirty nine dollars. I've got the developer license, which is a permanent one. Um, and it's a $99 for the desktop version. Um, and if you want to do a permanent web to export to HTML5, it's $149. Uh, if you want to export to a universal Windows platform, including Xbox, it's $199. And then if you want to do mobile, it's another $199. It's a fair bit of money. But if you're getting a, a good game engine which allows you just to develop games and you're not you're not tied down because the thing is i i find a lot of these game makers you know you, you start doing it and then you start finding limitations of what you can and can't do yeah. um, well, that, I, that's why you know i i think do the free trial and that i'm not sure because the free trial no knowing you know knowing most of these will probably give you the full one and then you go i'll just buy the creator then it cuts you down so i i mean for me for 39 dollars i'll just go right i'll get the creator I'll get so far if yeah if I get so I normally buy these things with good intentions a couple of weeks start something and then I never finish it um well some of the 3D games that we were doing and we uh, 
we never we bought loads of add-on packs and all sorts creator yeah we we had a lot of assets money so yeah yeah, don't invest yeah it's like yeah so so maybe don't invest on the you know the eyes get it for 39 dollars and see what you can do with it if you you know if you're really getting into it then move up to the next version um basically paying for um what you export into so if you just want to export to windows then you pay for that platform the more platforms you you, use it, the more it costs yeah i mean it's Um, a 12-month license in it so you're not actually buying it outright no no there there are there are permanent ones in there so you go to the developer you can do a permanent desktop version which enables to export to windows mac and ah i tell a lie so there there is you can't develop on Linux, but you can actually export to so the desktop version ninety nine dollars. It's a permanent license, and it allows you to export to Windows, Mac, and Ubuntu, but bit Linux. Um, but I mean, in theory, what you could do is you could go for the web version, which exports to HTML five, and and just yeah. export. You can export to any then. So it depends on which way you want to go. Do you want a, a standard uh, cross compiled? binary that someone can run or do you just bundle it with something like a, a chrome and then just just throw it in a, as a, a bundle and run it through a chrome browser and put it on steam you could quite easily do it that way as well for 149 and that's a perpetual so it's, it's a permanent license you only get a web though I, i'm trying to look at this so you only get the web dirty for 149 so you, you do yeah so it, it depends on what you're targeting but it doesn't matter yeah. does it because you no. There are applications now, um, you know, the, the Microsoft Visual Code um, IDE, um, that, that you can run that on Linux, you can run it on Mac, you can run it on Windows now. That's the core, not the, the full version. But it's good, it's it's amazing what you can do with it. And actually, that's using Electron, which is basically Chromium. It's just yeah. bundled with Chromium, yeah. and that's what the, it's just a web-based uh, application. So why would you go for the desktop? Maybe, I don't know, maybe you get a little bit more efficiency out of it. But I'd be tempted with the web one. Because then it means I can bundle it with an yeah. efficient browser. I can dump it on any platform, and I know, in theory, it should work. Yeah. Because there are games that I, I expect that are on Steam right now that will be using the Electron platform, so effectively a Chrome-based browser. Um, can't think of any top of my head, but I bet there are ones out there. That's an interesting one. I'm obviously that's a, we're kind of sidelining from the original story, but yeah um might be worth that we review this at some point we can get a free trial and give it a go we've always talked about these sort of uh engines and if this is yeah. if this is industry grade and not just a hobbyist one then actually it might be worth looking at yeah and we've still got an adventure game to write um we have to get as well and so yeah. um so I'll stop uh, yeah off. so well, yeah, well, maybe one of us does an adventure game where the other one does um, uses, does game creator, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll give it a so, go. So we, yeah, so, so we could do that and see where we get on. And then, to, you know, and we must talk about it every week um, with progress because then uh, it makes us at least <laughs> spend you know, a little bit of time on it every week. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. No, I, I, I quite like it. And I have, I think Game, yeah, Game Maker, I, I, I certainly remember Game Maker, the first version, um, going back a while. But, you know, even at the bottom when I look at some of the games, I, yeah, I, these are the, some of the games I've always wanted to, you know, I, yeah, okay, FPS games. Are, yeah, we've all created our own, haven't we? We've all got the mod packs and create the zone. And we, you know, we, the, we He's have... He's an FPS creator, yeah. Yeah, but I've always wanted to do a 2D without having to 
completely from scratch just code it you know this 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 has got a bit of everything you know the, the you know the old studios in there for doing the sprites the graphics um you know creating the maps and everything and then uh, obviously the coding goes on top but um yeah i, I do like it yeah well we'll have to give yeah. that a go and yeah. uh, do the review yeah so moving on to our topic of today um loading times on games as it really got better from what we used to experience when we were younger um i've specifically written in the uh, show notes for this this week that obviously and i double checked this because obviously time time feels different when you're a kid when you're waiting for something so the average time for a spectrum for example a standard spectrum to load was three to four minutes and it did depend on the game well that's the average but then you your your specy uh 128s were about 11 minutes on average to load a game which is a very long time i mean we have come a long way, um, but do you think we've I really mean, come? Well, I don't know. I mean, I suppose, I mean, that's average for loading a gaming, but um, if you remember later on, probably from, I would say probably 80, 86 onwards, games got so big, obviously they couldn't fit into the memory, so the multi-load games. So, you know, you finish a level, you'd still then have another two, three minutes for the next level, maybe a little bit shorter. It were always a bit short while it loaded next level. In Outrun, remember Outrun, um, I think only loaded two levels in it uh, at the same time, and this were on the one to eight. Um, so I think, yeah, so, you know, would, would somebody want to wait, you know, wait and form it, and then another two, three but, minutes but, on top of that for a couple of levels? Well, let's go with, with sort of the average. We're thinking three to four minutes, and and then I don't, I can't really remember how long it would take on a floppy, but you're probably talking about a minute maybe for a good game to load off yeah. one floppy. And I know we had multiple discs. We ended up with ones with like ten discs where you had to keep reloading them. But let's just go with like the the sort of the average. That was a long time for us. I mean, one twenty eight. Yeah, okay, I get I get that was slower, but they were they they had more memory, and. You know they were still loading off cassettes, so I think really by that point they really should have been using discs. Um, so that's I think that's an unfair comparison. So so I've put some examples in there. So X Plane Eleven, be it that it is a simulator and it does need to load up initially a lot of information, but we've also got the hardware for it these days. We aren't we aren't using oh I'm certainly not using I haven't used mechanical discs for for years now. It's always been SSD um i've got plenty of memory and it's a, it's a decent machine and yet it can take three to four minutes to load that's before you get onto the runway let's just get into the main menu you're talking maybe another amount of time before it actually loads and sometimes it can be a little bit different sometimes it's very quick to load but then to get onto the tarmac it can take three to four minutes sometimes so in that comparison be it's a more complicated game, but you'd expect that in twenty twenty one. It it's we've not improved at all. We've not got any further along the lines of of, of improvement. So uh, another example, Fallout Four. It's an older game now, and and so is XP eleven. But the XP eleven is still being developed in theory. Um. So initial load of of four, uh, Fallout Four is is fairly decent. It's fairly quick to load, but then. You've got this whole up, like sandbox environment, this open environment where Fallout 3, when you entered a building, there was a loading time. It had to load it up, and then you were in, in a different map. 
So the, the internals were always a different map to the external. So Fallout 4 does it pretty much the same thing. You go into a building, you open a door, and it's almost old school. You open the door and it's loading. It's loading the level um, for the internal part of the building. And it's like, really? So, And, and I, I, I timed it. And it's 10 to 15 seconds on average to load the, the internal location of Fallout 4 maps. I mean, this 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 is a day where really now you should you should be loading as you go. There are games out there that allow you to walk into a building and you just open it and it's there in front of you, not to actually have to load it as a separate map. Um, you know, we've got games really now we should take advantage of new hardware. SSDs have been out for near on a decade. Good SSDs, uh, maybe about eight years. That, that this wasn't written before SSDs existed. So where's the optimization? Where's the you've got more memory? I can load that game. I can load the maps nearby into memory. You've got thirty-two gig of memory. No problem. I can load that. Um, I, I understand that obviously you've got loading of textures and other bits into um, the GPU. So you can't obviously offload ev everything onto the GPU consistently all the time, but you know it's really poor optimization for games that really should take seconds to load or at least you know 10 seconds for the entire thing gta 5 as a single player it's not too bad for loading takes a while sometimes but it's not too bad online can take up to two minutes to get onto an online session on gta now i know that there are other things going on in the background netcode and everything else and getting it synchronized with the servers but two minutes to get onto an online game, it's really poor. My old favourite, my new favourite, and old favourite for bashing and then saying it's amazing is Microsoft Flight Simulator. Four to five minutes for a load, and sometimes it can be quick at loading the game, and then it takes a while once you click continue. Or actually, there was a point where you just press any key. Um, and it took a while to load. Now, yeah, I get it. There's a lot of scenery to load. There's a lot of data to load. Shouldn't take that long. We've not moved on that much in for some games um, from having to wait noticeable amounts of time for it to load. Um, and I think it's down to some cases the games are complex, and it's it's that's the way it is. I think others is just poor optimization of the development of a game. You know, there's certain tech that, that you can't predict, so you can only do so much. But they, they patch these things, and SSDs have been out, as again, I keep mentioning them, they've been out for a long time. So it should be recognizing you've got SSD. It should be recognizing you've got a, a boatload of memory. And you, you may not be like a minority of 4%, 4% but that 4% will suddenly become 10 50%. As the game gets older, you you optimize your code at the beginning to to utilize all that memory, so you can just offload. Um, it, it it should be there. So, what what are your thoughts? Yeah, we've said this before, haven't we? I think it is lazy programming to a word uh, to a stand. It's like, I, yeah, I, I think it is. And you know, like you said, three to four minutes, three to three to four minutes is the average. It seems like it's always been the average, then always, and it's never ever improving. Um, and uh, yeah, because what's even more fascinating, you talk about SSDs 
um, the next gen console, or certainly in the Xbox, um, you know, is only just so. So the previous, the Xbox One S even um, didn't just had SATA, didn't have SSD. So this is the first time they put SSD in a console and calling it next gen, which, you know, an SSD, like you say, SSD has been out for years. Uh, and, and, you know, they're sort of talking about, uh, you know, load times quicker. That's only because you've thrown an SSD in it and put an SSD in uh, Yeah, I'll retrofit the Xbox One X, um, X and stick an SSD in it. I'll, you know, increase the, the time. You don't have to go out and buy a 500 pound console. And I think, again, it's, you know, that's a marketing thing. Um, but it doesn't help the fact is that the way these games compiled, um, you know, so I think coding, I, I, again, it's all about, you You know, you go back, you you go back to the, uh, you know, you only had 48K to play with, you know, the pro, you know, the pro, the pro, to me, I would say the pro, the programmers back then fitting what they did into, well, even, even three and a half K on a, on a VIC-20, you know, um, 16K on certain machines, 32K on a BBC, 48 and a um, 64 and a Commodore 64, you know, to try and squeeze what they did. Um, took, you know, they, they had to be clever at programming. These days they don't because it's, it's like, oh, yeah, it's slow. I'll just chuck my memory out of it. I won't, you know, I won't tidy the code up or I won't, you know, I won't make it more efficient. I'll just chuck my memory out of it. So you've, um, you've hit the nail like, there, haven't you? Yeah. You've, you've just literally mentioned that there, there were... At one time, you, you had people with Spectrums, Commodore 64s, Amiga 512s and, 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 and Atari ST 512s. Let's get the Falcon and the, the 1200s for now. So you had these 16-bit and 18-bit machines, all with different, unique chipsets, unique CPUs in some cases. Um totally different way of how they loaded the game um different memory configurations different storage configurations and they did, did you ever remember these developers complaining that that they couldn't cross compile and, and they weren't supported and yeah all right that when when the user base of a certain machine drops to a certain level they think I'm not going to support it anymore because there's not many well, users well a lot of, i was going to say a lot of software houses are normally had um They've got somebody to part it, didn't they? So the all right, there were always some lazy parts, um, but I think, but I think you, know, you always had a separate person parting for that specific platform. Whereas now it's almost right. I've coded this game. Now I'm going to chuck it into whatever they use, and it'll black it out. It'll compile it and black it out for exactly. Platforms. But the tools are better these days. I can, in theory, get Unreal Engine and. Yeah, and I say in theory because I know there are limitations and there are certain issues on certain APIs for graphics and things. But now Vulcan's there, you don't need to yeah. worry about it as much. OpenGL's not not a problem anymore. So you've got you got three main platforms you can go for. Forget the consoles. We're just talk about like PCs in general. You've got your Macs, you've got your Windows desktops, you've got your Linux users. Um, so what you can do is you can write your program, check, test it on three three machines. I'll I'll even get a, a closed beta and get users to test it for you if you don't like using Linux or you're not got the capability of doing it. So you can export. You can literally click export and say I want it to export to Windows, I want to export to Mac, I want to export to Linux, and it does it. So you've got that capability. You don't like you say you don't need a developer who who takes the code then 
then rewrites and cross compiles across to the Spectrum to the C64. You're right, you're, there were different developers. And sometimes it were one developer who did it for all of the yeah. platforms. Um, let's not forget that. So I've got an easier tool I could export, and it can be an amazing 3D game. And yet the complaint sometimes you see certain developers going, well, I'm not doing it for that platform because there's not many users and, and there's, a, there's a certain bug in the graphics for this particular um, platform. So I'm not going to really commit any time to it right now, so I'm also not going to do it. Oh, hang on a minute. You, you've got a, you've got a way. I mean, it's not as simple as clicking export. I do understand that. But you have got a platform that allows you to export to different platforms. And, well, where, where's the where's the sort of optimization? Where's the sort of work that you should be putting in to develop these games? I think it's too I think it's complete laziness. You see games on Steam where they've just literally on Unity Engine have downloaded assets they're freely freely usable and they've stuffed it into a game poorly optimized and they've just dumped it and exported it and it's gone right well i've got a linux version mac version and i've got a windows version and it works it's pretty poor but you know it's it's there and enjoying it's it's just an awful experience i mean at one point it was almost a joke to see you know oh god not another unity game Someone just someone's just bought or downloaded some assets and just stuffed them in there and made another game. And to be fair, they'll have probably took a project that someone has already written like a a Minecraft or or a um, a crafting style game where the code's been pre written, everything's in there, and they've all they've done is changed the assets out, the the demo assets, put extra assets in there, changed the names of the name of the game and the version and the author, and then stuffed it straight into Steam. I mean, this is this is how easy it is now to develop a game, but to develop it right, you've, you've got to really actually put some effort in. We've always said that, you know, all right, Mac users, what is about 24 25% for gamers? It might have dropped, it might have increased. So utilize them, say, right, okay, I've got, a, I've got a game, it's an early access, have a go at it, tell me what's wrong, tell me what's right. But they don't, they don't want the effort anymore. They don't, I, I haven't got time to deal with three platforms. But then you, you realise the same person stuffed it onto Android and iOS and then decided that they want to put it on a console. So they, they, they just don't want the effort of, of, of dealing with a, a complete unknown platform. Whereas the users out there, they'll be happy to beta test this thing, even closed. It's laziness. And some of these massive triple A's, and we, obviously we talked about Cyberpunk. Um I don't think that's a lazy aspect. I think that's purely just the need to push it out when they need to push it out. But it's still it's still that that view of it'll do. Um, yeah, it's driven. It's driven by it's just targets and revenue rather than um, people. I don't know. I don't know these these coders. Are they avid gamers themselves? You know, are they really that bothered? Do they, do they want to make the best game I, ever? Or I do believe for certain people they are. Yeah. Um, and but our code, but at the end of the day, our code is just forced to do whatever. You know, those up. You know, the, the, obviously you the, you know you got the they're all corp, big corporates now, so they're probably not run. You know the yeah you know, the CEOs or the the execs in these in these businesses. A lot of them are probably. You know, a lot of them probably never play games um, anymore. So it's just it's, it's just about numbers. It is, and, and you know, I get it. 
to get these games out quick. I get it. You know, you've got to make your money, and especially if you've got, I don't know, 100 developers or whatever, graphics artists and everything else all involved in a huge project, you've got to pay your bills. Um, and if you want it to be a success, you've, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to market it as the best game since sliced bread. But that being said, there are indie developers who have come out with some absolutely amazing games, and in most cases, and I say most cases, some of them have developed everything themselves: the graphics, the music, the the, the whole inside. In fact, some of them have written their own game engines. Um, that Stardew Valley is the example. So, I mean, it can be a success. Yeah. And you, and these yeah. people are able to rewrite the code in some cases or, yeah. or, or at least cross-platform, make it cross-platform, cross-compile it, whatever they do. I mean, I, I'm not really sort of... I am a developer, but I, I use things like Python, so I don't really think about how you, you would take a C developed or C++ um, game and, 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 and transfer it to a different platform. Um it, it you know it people can do it and they are doing it but it just it just seems like now it's a case of it'll do i can update it you know i can throw it out there and I'll, oh, oh well we'll update that don't worry we'll fix that don't worry whereas a game in the past you got it on a cassette you ain't going to get an update to that if you were lucky and you bought it six months later they might have fixed some things and so the latest press the latest recording to tape might have had a fix on it, might not have done as well. Um, so there was always an aspect of when you release it, it's it's released, and what you you get is what you get. And, and don't get me wrong, we had some real bad, like you say, some bad parts. You know, when the, when they were trying to down downgrade graphics for the spectrums, um, some of them were awful. You know, they didn't even try to optimize. They didn't try to use some of the techniques to try to shift more color on the screen or anything. You know? um, so yeah, I think it's again it goes back to the um, and some of the indie games now it's one person maybe two at the most bet and, and so they've got a massive vested interest not in not in necessarily making money and eating targets is about they're investing time into that game because it's a pet project for them um, whereas you know these trip the triple A games you've got maybe you know got fifty people maybe more working on one game and. It, and it's a, and it's not a game. It's a project. The, to them, it's just a project. So you've got some deals basically on, you know, in charge. You'll have a project manager, won't you? And you'll you'll have right. What's you know what you you know, ten people on on on. The, you know, you've got somebody doing the music, and normally it's an external, um, the, you know, independent. They get other people to do the music completely separate from the game. So it's not invested in the game whatsoever. You've probably got graphic artists. Who again not invested in the game, they're just our graphic artists. So for the next two months they're working on this game, then the next two months later on something totally different. So they're not to me, they're not invested in that game from start to finish, where you get single, maybe two people on indie games and the old games where they from start to finish that that in you know they're involved in absolutely everything. Yeah, I, I mean that's probably what it comes down to. Don't get me wrong, I mean like some of them do learn from the mistakes. So like No Man's Sky, the 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 promise of that game when it before it came out was phenomenal and then when it came out it was just complete trash. There were some good aspects to it, but you know what? They cared about that project. 
and they they absolutely updated the hell out of that game to the point where it's you know if you if you play that game now it's amazing and the updates are free they haven't done a dlc um update or said okay well the, the new assets you're going to get is in a dlc so if you want that extra um you're gonna to have to pay more they've updated it and they've done some massive updates and the, the progress of that game from day one to now it's an incredible game in comparison yeah. to what they released and what the what they did promise now they could have just done a few updates carried on doing fixes bug fixes then started adding dlcs on there and gone there you go you know that's i'm sorry but it's just the way it is and because a lot of people did buy it and pre-orders don't pre-order um just don't do it um so yeah and they they learn from their mistakes and they're not a huge game studio but they are a game studio and they do care and it is their project it is their money it's their revenue that that's hurting them end of the day um if they became big and they started churning out multiple games would they care then who knows um if they say 50 percent of it makes profit and the rest is just a, a cost only uh projects they might be happy with that it's it's the ethos has gone i think um going back to the loading screens that we still see what what's the answer it's optimize your code optimize the way you're doing it now i accept that some games are gonna probably never gonna get there um there are things I, I i usually explain 11 as an example if you strip out the plugins and you strip out all the add-on aircraft you might have the loading times are, are pretty decent um but you're still waiting there are still waiting times fallout i mean it's no excuse these days you know optimize it you know if you're if you're if you're near a building load up start loading up that um or at least some basics of that of that map um every building you can't visit and go inside and then it, and it's a full map on the inside and a lot of them are just either if you can't get into them or they're just basic so it's not much to load up if you know if i've got 32 gig of memory utilize it but it is they don't do that it's it's complete laziness i mean you can even argue that with uh, browsers couldn't you yeah. so for some msfs is going to probably take a long time and uh to a degree i can understand because the amount of data is it's pulling um gta getting onto multiplayer i think that's just complete laziness um i'm sure the reasons for it, it might use peer-to-peer -peer, it might do all sorts of things um before it loads up but it's, it's just a, awful and you know what there might be people out there go you know what i i load up gta 5 and go on online it takes me 10 seconds but it's not consistent so yeah stop being lazy developers optimize your code make it a good experience if it's got to load give it a re give a good reason why it's got to load not just because you're lazy and you're not going to utilize some of people's machines there are people out there with eight gig of memory windows uh seven still and all the rest of it get that but if there are people out there who will more and more add more and more memory i mean let's face it i think it's even 16 gig these days is just is more than enough for most yeah. people um i've got i've got 32 because it, it, it did the price difference between 16 and 32 at the time wasn't that much i want to see that utilized and i'm sure there are games out there that do i mean i i use uh there's there's a game i was playing yesterday that thing loads in no time you can just hit hit space and get past all the loading screens all the other titles and you're in 
and you're loaded and you're playing the game. And that's quite a high physics game. Um, there's not a lot of assets, but there's a lot to load in there. Um, I would have thought in terms of what you're seeing, but yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe that's another topic. You know, all the uh, introductions and crap that they're putting before you even so ten minutes before you even start a game because you're going through all the a little bit, but. Are they doing that because the game's loading, you know, behind the scenes? <laughs> so you're having to go through it. Well, um, do you know what? We had that yeah. a few years ago, didn't we? You yeah. know, we Psygnosis were one of the best back yeah. then of, of loading up a, a sequence and you were watching it whilst it continued to load. Yeah. And they got more and more sort of like clever the way they did it. I, I'm trying to think of games these days that have that. Um, I mean, Fallout, no. You actually, the, the sequence of the introduction, you play that at the beginning of the game, so the game's got to load first. GTA Five doesn't, as far as I remember, it just has static screens. Um, I'm trying to think of it. I don't, can't think of any games. I mean, I'm, I'm sure COD yeah. does, but does is that introduction movie not actually part of the game at the beginning? Does that show um, any... Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get. Yeah, are they hiding it or is it the fact is uh, is this another subject where it's like, you know, why why are you sticking a 10 minute sequence at the start? I don't want to watch it every time I play the game or you know when maybe when I first got the game, but sometimes you can't skip past them and you're just like can't you yeah, I'm bored before I even start the game. Yeah, yeah. It's it's possible. It's it's very possible that sometimes I do. And you know, I, I'd like to see that then. Let's let's yeah. let's have um, I don't know Microsoft Flight Simulator show some video while we're waiting for it to load. You know, it could be it could be something that's um, predetermined, or it could be from the community, and it it just it just downloads it periodically. Or I don't know something that I don't want yeah. to see screens with text on. So, you know, this is it now. A loading screen is a static piece of text. Sorry, a static picture. But the text at the bottom might be like a little hint. Did you know if you press S while doing this, you can do that? Um, did yeah, you know that yeah. if you combine these two objects, you can, you know, you get this rotating hint while it's loading? It's that that is just again laziness. Um, why not record ten seconds of your gameplay while you're playing the game, and then play it back while you're loading? There's no innovation. Um, so have we moved away from the minutes and minutes and minutes of waiting for game loading? Some cases, yeah, and a lot of cases, no. We're still sat there waiting for a game to load to the point of if I, I'm loading MSFS or X-Plane 11, and again, I know the simulators, um, I'm going to walk away and make myself a coffee. We shouldn't be doing that in 2021. No, too much coffee. <laughs> Too much coffee, yeah. Yeah. So if there's anything else from you, then we'll no, say... I've put, no, I, um, no I've, um, I, I think that's it um, for this week. I think um, there's, not, there's nothing else from me. Um, yeah, I mean, everything, we've got everything we needed out of our heads and onto the podcast for this week. Indeed, and we're uh, running at about an hour and 30, so at least we're not running quite two hours these days. But uh, yeah. there we go. It will always happen. We, we do like to uh, have long talks about rant. stuff. So. <laughs> rant about things, yeah. yeah that's that's, that's the yeah. word. 
but we are the retro brothers and that's what we are so it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from me see you next week <laughs>